it's time to talk to the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His interview brought to you every week by the Murdoch Auto team. Let's get out to the T-Mobile special guest line, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing just great. Uh, let's let's talk to you, David, about uh, how things are going thus far in the bubble. And uh, you've been following along, I'm sure, this grand experiment. Do you have any thoughts on what we've seen thus far? I mean, from a data testing point, I think they're doing well. I think the NBA has got to be happy with where things sit right now. Um, from uh, a practice standpoint, all news is positive on generally every team, I think. Um, but it's been interesting how teams have taken different approaches to things. Jazz have seemingly played a lot of five-on-five, whereas I don't think Milwaukee's played any yet. Um, So it's been interesting to see the different styles the different coaches have taken to this. It's a long way to go still. I mean, they've they've got a long way before they play their first scrimmage, and then they got a long way before they, um, you know, play their first game. So there's still a lot to be done. David, you're probably the best person to ask this question to, even though you might be guessing a bit. But based on your knowledge of the players on the roster and now with the absence of Bogdanovich, uh, what are you expecting to see on the court from a strategy standpoint? Who will be highlighted? Who won't? uh, And will it be any different than it was before? I think it will be a little different. Um, I think it'll be a little, maybe a little quicker. Um, I think there's a belief that shooting is going to be more important than ever. So if you can get earlier shots in the shot clock that are good shots, you probably should take them. Uh, I think you'll see multiple people bring the ball up. I think Mike will will be vital, but I, I don't think we'll be depending on Mike bringing it up because I think that will slow us down a little bit too much. I, I don't. I think we're going to try to maybe push the tempo a little bit to try to um, get some different opportunities. Um, you know, I think uh, we we think of Rudy as a you know as a rebounder, trail pick and roll guy. I think there might be some emphasis on trying to get him flattening the floor more quickly by running the floor and then opening up some three-point shots in, in, uh, earlier in the offense. Um, we're going to be small, so we probably need to, to get moving. And, and, and in the half-court set, teams are pretty comfortably going to switch us one through four without a lot of worry. Boyan could at least bully someone down at the post a little bit. We don't really have anybody who can do that anymore, so I think defenses are going to be pretty willing to switch one through four. And so you'd like to stay out of that situation. Um, and some of our better pick and roll stuff were, were those kind of setups. So I think I think we'll see that. Um, and the other one I think will be interesting is Joe. Um, I think on one level Joe will probably play some you know backup point guard to Mike and and do we've seen him do so much. But I think on the other level, you know, one area where Joe's really changed is. He's now equally distributed three-point shots between taking threes catch and shoot and taking threes off the bounce. And that's not how he used to be. He used to be about four to one uh, catch and shoot off the bounce. And while that's a great time of his evolution, with Boyan out, I think you can put Joe in the corner and get him some of those corner threes that he has not gotten this year, and that will be helpful to Joe's percentages and, and take the gap away from losing Boyan. How's Mike Conley's role going to be different, David? If well, I at all. Think be a, oh, I think it'll be different. There'll be a larger offensive burden on him. Um, I think we saw him playing very well with that second unit. I mean, your three scorers now are Donovan, Mike, and Jordan. 
So we're a very guard-laden, drive-penetrating team. Um, and so that, I think, changes how we play a little bit. That's the premise of kind of where I started the first comment is, if your if your primary guys are shooting a six one, you know you probably want them to get out earlier than than you would early otherwise, and try to get them some early looks if possible. Um, and it gets hard on Mike and Donovan if everyone's switching everything um, in the half court. So that that's the thought process is that, that those are the guys that are going to be driving you know most of most of things these days. When you think about a player like O'Neal, uh, David. People sometimes look at his shooting percentage and think it's pretty good, but when guys shoot, especially from three, but when guys shoot more, do their percentages tend to drop? And would it be possible for him to uh, sort of conjure and stir his will and put his will upon an opposing team from that standpoint, or is that just folly? I think that might be asking... You know, I guess I'd say this about Royce. Well, you know, he's wonderful in the sense that he has, I think, the lowest usage rate of any player in the league who played his amount of minutes, and the fact that he's willing to do that's pretty incredible. Um, and that just shows what a great team player he is. Um, you know, I do think that his he he works well off advantage basketball. In other words, when everybody else has created the advantage and then he can take advantage of it with a straight-line drive. That's his strength. Um, or he gets that open three because they sag off of him and he hits it and they're not fearful of him. Um, with that said, you know, everything has ever been asked out of Royce, he's, he's generally been able to answer the bell and he's gotten better each each year. So, to you know, I think I would say I haven't seen anything from Royce's game at this point that would lead me to believe that he's ready to do what you just said, but at the same time, he continues to evolve as a player, and so to limit him would probably be unfair to him, but he hasn't. It it is not as though at this moment in time he has been limited by the Jazz um, and that they haven't given him the opportunity to to do those things. I think that hasn't been a part of his game yet. We do draw the parallel between him and, say, Brian Russell from back in the day. Probably a good comparison, and maybe even Shandon Anderson. That then when Shandon Anderson, if we're going back to that era, and then when you suddenly expanded Shandon Anderson's role with other teams, it didn't go as well. Um, so I think you know, I think that's um, you know, but but you know, let's not count Royce out. But I, I he's never been a high volume scorer. I think the uh, and, and sometimes I think it's um you know let let's maybe let's enjoy the the fabulous things that he does, which is the willingness to be a low-usage player and to be, you know, it's hard to only shoot two or three times a game and still have a good percentage. Like, that's actually easier to get a bunch of shots up and and then have. But, you know, he's able to do that. Um, You know, last year he had a great first half and not a great second half. And my memory is this year that he was kind of holding pretty consistently throughout the season to his credit. So um, I, I think he's one I would cherish the what he does for us now instead of always asking for more. David Locke with us. And, uh, David, you've been uh, very thoughtful about the societal uh, aspect of this uh, experiment going on down there in Orlando. So with that in mind, let me ask you this. How much uh, damage to team chemistry could that snitch line possibly leave in its wake? (laughs) Here we go. Wait, I'm missing this what? 
How much damage to team chemistry, whatever team, does the snitch line have uh, potential to do? Well, I don't think anyone's going to snitch on their own teammates. You think it's going to be used uh, aggressively against other teams? Yeah, that would be my thought. I know. I um, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't think... Yeah, I don't know who's... Re- I mean, I don't know. Like, I mean, if you're... I mean, the problem with it is if you're really concerned for your own safety and someone's breaking the rules, then it's a problem, right? Like, and frankly, if you need the money and someone's breaking the rules, it's a problem. Like, that's the issue with breaking the rules is that you either could burst a bubble and then nobody ends up getting paid. You you suddenly cost, you know, 400 guys their livelihood next year when there's no, when the season doesn't get started and there's a new collective bargaining agreement. It's all because some jerk decided that you need Postmates, right? Like, that's, that's not great. Um, so, or if you're worried about your safety, I, I don't think anyone's going to be snitching for a competitive advantage. But I mean, unless so, never mind, I'm get in trouble. Never mind, that was going to be a mistake comment. <laughs> mistake comment. Yeah. Made a few of those for the years. They yeah, had, but uh, sign of maturity when you stop before you make them. <laughs> could you? I'll, text, uh, could you, I'll you? text you. And, I'll text you and give you the chuckle. Okay. Could you uh, could you get into a little more how the Jazz defense will be different without Bogdanovich on the court? Uh, will there be strategic differences? Will they actually be better defensively? Well, the Jazz did something really interesting during the year. Is they had Bogdanovich on the season almost the entire time with Rudy. Um, I think you're going to see just a more aggressive. And so they, they protected him. And so that's what, you know, so we may see a better defensive unit now out there uh, with Rudy on the floor. Uh, I think you'll see some more aggressive guard defense than what we saw prior because you're trying to play a little quicker. And so a little bit of that trying to play quicker is I think that Donovan and Mike need to get into the ball handlers a little bit tighter and tougher than maybe they than they did, um, you know, than they did when when they first started the season. We, we've always been a team, that, and I'm actually a big believer in this, which is that we play in a, almost a shell, funnel people to Rudy, don't foul a lot, deny three-point shots, deny shots at the rim, have them take low uh you know, low money ball defensive shots, and then you know, it's a great advantage to us. Um, we don't tur- we don't force a great deal of turnovers playing with that style. Um, there might be a larger emphasis on trying to to get into people and force some turnovers, and maybe be willing to foul a little bit more um, for a few reasons. One of the advantages of not fouling is winning road games. That's a, that's a great way to win road games. Is Traditionally, teams that foul less win more on the road. Well, we don't really have road and home games anymore, so there may be that advantage may be gone. So it might not actually be advantageous to not foul the way it was. It is kind of mathematically once you're in the bonus, but maybe before that it's not as advantageous. And then secondarily is if you're if you are small and you're trying to play a little quicker, then maybe you know if you can force a turnover to the the amount of turnovers in a game from. Um, the top, if you take out the top two or three percent, the bottom two or three or two or three teams, and the top five percent, the bottom five, it, it actually gets pretty minimal. It's pretty even across the board. So it, it's hard to believe you're going to get a huge advantage out of that. That's why I've generally been a believer in that shell and kind of the way they play. 
Um, but I can see where you might want Mike and Donovan to be initiating a little bit more and using that speed and quickness defensively. David, uh, we appreciate you jumping on. Oh, oh, David, uh, you need to listen next segment. Uh, we all, you know, you do sports radio long enough. We all have moments that uh, that are embarrassing. And, of course, the, the good friends that we have around the station, we play those over and over and over again and have a good laugh. And and you had a moment with uh, with the fresh, the fresh Prince of Bel-Air on a, on a podcast. Well, somebody joined your ranks with a similar moment this morning. So you're going to want to listen. Oh, no. What happened? <laughs> Let's just say uh, DJ uh, and PK were were talking about uh, or were getting feedback from listeners and uh, they may have been duped by a, uh, a, a pop culture reference. I love DJ and PK. I know. They're the best. And we all have them, right? We all have those moments that we're embarrassed by. They get played over and over again. Well, DJ added one this morning. Um, is it? Better or worse than what's her name? Which which what's her name? What's the woman who called in? Oh oh Debbie. De- no 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 no. Debbie's a legend. I mean Debbie. No, the one who he basically implied didn't sound like a woman. Yes, that's Debbie. Yeah, uh, you don't sound like a Debbie. That that will never be topped. So I can't claim right. that, that, that this is better. But that's the greatest moment in the history of. We really need to do an oral history of. Sports radio in Salt Lake before all of us get so old we can't remember it. Well, Scotty and you I really are... sound like a Debbie. Well, I've been one for a long time. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like, like the greatest answer ever. It, it's funny you say that oral history of sports radio, David. Scotty and I are talking about putting together a putting together a podcast, so stay tuned. We're, we're, we might be working on that. Well, I've talked about this for a long time. I just haven't had the time to do it. Well, let's make and it happen. A few, a few other things. So, yeah, there's a... There's a value to doing something of that sort. Yeah, buddy. All right. Well, if you're in a place to tune in next segment, okay? All right. I will be. We're, I'm outside of beautiful, I'm between beautiful Prim, Nevada and Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh. But, you know, you can stream, you can stream 1280 The Zone now on an app, you know. That you can. What a time to be alive. Uh, it's, an amazing, it's an amazing world. It is. Uh, thank you, David. You're the best. We appreciate you. See you, guys. That's our friend David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, his interview brought to you each and every week by our good friends at the Murdoch Auto Group.